It's only two weeks to the Women's World Cup and this week someone's trying to put a spanner in the works for Vera Powell's preparations. The fella in the green and white short. The fella in the green and white short. Keep the good man on the bench. Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast in a week where Waterford owner Andy Pilly is going to see a bit of jail time. Vera Pau has to refute allegations about body shaming and an update on development works at Richmond Park. Nathan has a little bit about that. So my name's Roy Shanahan and I'm joined, as I said, as always by Nathan Dyer from thebigkickoff.com. We're only two weeks away from the World Cup, the Women's World Cup. We're all looking forward to it. See an Irish team in the opening day as well against Australia, but there's been a few distractions thrown out there. What is it and what do we make of it? I haven't a clear boy. I actually don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep this in, I cut it out, whatever you want to do. You were saying in the intro about, and no, we cut it out now, I suppose. Uh, you were saying in the intro about body shame, and I goes, oh, I thought we were just doing the fucking. It's <laughs> a squad. I thought you knew. No, no, fucking all of it over yet. We just uh, we can pick up now in a second and uh, so you know, <laughs> you got your finger on the pulse. What's going I, on here, David? Okay, listen. Republic of Ireland manager Verna Pound says she will never win from a lie. Uh, she has to carry allegations for the rest of her life. The Dutch woman has previously and strongly refuted these claims. These claims have been made last December, but they're resurfacing again. And it kind of, it's 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 about our time when she was over in America. Uh, what she had to say about it was, I will never win a, uh, from a lie. This is clear now. I will have to live with this lie and carry it for the rest of my li- life, I'm afraid. Uh, the original report about and uh, that claims about Pau shamed players for their weight and attempted to exert excessive control over eating habits. She got back and said, go through these allegations and then put Pep Guardiola, Van Gaal or Mourinho in that and you'd have a laugh about it. Uh, it's all about coaching. It's not about anything else. I don't want to go into details because it's nonsense and untrue. That's what it's about, Nathan. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what rock you've been under. I don't know. You're not that far out of the time zone from uh, Dublin. Uh, it's it's a, it's a tricky one. You're getting you're getting too country life. You must have been bringing the cows in this morning or something, were you? Yeah. So I don't know what we're going to keep in or cut out for anyone uh, in the, in the audio <laughs> section. But uh, not the best start to the uh, to the show. You're through. Uh, we're not really new to this. Carry on. Uh, look, not the idea of preparation you'd want coming up to uh to, to such an like I said two weeks away from the World Cup which has absolutely sneaked up hasn't it out of yeah. nowhere and like what well, we should be buzzing for the game um against Australia it's of eighty thousand in Sydney it's gonna be such a massive occasion uh for Irish sport or Irish women's football whatever you want to put it um yeah absolutely hiding on the rock with this and I think this is the second week in a row as well which that I uh I had a bit of a mess, <laughs> mess up with the, with the schedule, so <laughs> I don't know. We're getting rusty. If the if the farmer life is taking over, I'm not too sure. But um, it's always an education here with you. But yeah, well, listen, they this has already been out there, and she's had to talk about this before at the end of last year. It seems that someone is trying to disrupt things, uh, and it is as a distraction. When you look at the allegations, 
people have been saying that yes they've they body shaming they're called it but shaming play, players for their weight if you're a professional footballer or, or a footballer if you're carrying weight then that's a bit of an issue for your performance attempted to exert ex- excessive control over eating habits what's that mean what's that mean you, and you've got to look at that at all things uh, you look at any Premier League team you look at any football team who's a professional team you have to be control what you're eating, how you're eating, and that, that's the way it is. So you're either you're either in or you're out. You know, it's 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 not about starving people. It's about making sure that people are able to do the job that they're getting paid to do, or that you are looking to get paid to do. So for me, it's an absolute nonsense. It's a, it's someone trying to throw a spanner in the works, as I said earlier on, and I don't take it at all. If more evidence comes out about absolute unbelievable news and stories about crazy crap that was going on in the background so be it but in those six months nothing like that has come out and these just seem to me like allegations that just trying to throw a spanner in the works yeah look i've been all over this story roy uh you can can imagine the opinion that i have formulating uh really stewing over this one but now genuinely it does it just the timing of it is absolutely bizarre as you said it's something that has creeped its head up over the past nine ten months uh hasn't in sligo apparently um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you know like i said you'd hate to see it disrupt what's like meant to be even the build up to the world cup like it should be such a monumental occasion the final warm-up game against france coming up too that should be like that should be it to be on then like a massive send-off there was a brilliant ceremony uh last week uh the the squad collector jerseys but yes it's well you know like the whole country won't be honing in on these allegations it should be something that just pushed aside as you said it's not something that even ex players have come out and pointed out and said and, and accused Vera of doing so. Yeah, it just you'd, you'd like to see it just moving on and really focusing on what's important and getting the right preparation in and giving themselves the best chance to to, to hopefully. I know it could be a big ass with the group we're in, but to to qualify and go as far as possible and to just do the country proud because I'm sure you know us too, especially and anyone listening is buzzing for the next couple of weeks to come up and really really looking forward to seeing how how they can all get on over in uh, Australia and no, no, no playing in New Zealand but yeah really really looking forward to it. Absolutely, yeah, I can't, I can't wait for the games. One of the big things about the games, though, Nathan, that it's not very friendly to us for viewing, is it? I thought it was going to be worse, to be honest with you, because. Uh, Look, not a big rugby head, but I do remember the Rugby World Cup being on uh, a while ago. I'm not even going to try and pin down a year. <laughs> I swear to God, I've done prep for the show. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is with the, the rugby stroke before you came on. <laughs> the Rugby uh, World Cup, Nathan. The Rugby World Cup, Ireland were playing on Saturdays. Saturday mornings. You remember getting up on Saturday mornings and watching them? These games are on Thursday, Monday, yeah. Tuesday, or something along them lines, or Wednesday. Some of those along them lines. So a lot of people are going to be in work, and a lot of people are going to miss out on yeah. these games. And it's just strange to have opening games on a day like that. Yeah, especially with the opening game, isn't it? It usually should be reserved for the weekend. I know two of them kick off at 11 o'clock, as you said, unless you're on the doll, that's going to be brilliant news to the years. But yeah, two of the games starts at 11 and one of them starts at three o'clock, uh, sorry, at one o'clock. So really not ideal times. Um, and as like I mentioned, that Australia game on the 20th of July in Sydney, like sold out 80,000, that should be yeah. a real 
real occasion for any for everybody in the country, like we would do with, with the men's side of any sort of representation, whether it be Olympics or a representation, whatever it may be. It should be a massive occasion, but to have it on at such an awkward time and such an, an, uh, an awkward uh, an awkward day of the week and stuff like that, it's yeah, it's disappointing to see because so many people will miss out on what's said to be a huge occasion, regardless of the result for Irish women football. Absolutely, yeah. No, we're looking forward to it. We'll talk about it more next week because we're getting closer. Oh, gosh, got me first ticket. You know what? I got me first ticket to a uh, in, in Irish women's international game. I've wrongly never went to one. I've been to a couple of women's national league games, all right. Right. But uh, yeah, myself myself going to the, uh, India Viva Stadium. I only got tickets today, actually. So it's time in my head. This is the only prep I've done for, done for the show with buying tickets. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ireland are playing Northern Ireland in Viva. Uh, in late September, in I think it's that first home game in the the first uh, away for Nations League. So there you go. Well, back in the girls and green here. In the, yeah, the that's kickoff. good. That's good, Nathan. That's great news. You must have been on every ticket site during the thing and not uh, focusing on your uh, duties. So we'll 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 forget that now. You have your you that's have your tickets. We, we're playing very Taylor Swift. You can knock knock out any blame you want. That's how uh, I having a, f- a funky first fifteen minutes of the show. Okay, listen, Andy Pilly was sentenced to 13 years in prison. How is this going to affect Waterford? I didn't know how you're going to transition that from Taylor Swift tickets to Andy, Andy Pilly getting 13 <laughs> years. Uh, yeah, it, it is a strange one, isn't it? It really is. He said, look, Waterford released a statement and it's, it's pretty much what he expected to be. It was a similar statement to released when he was felt guilty of the charges. It was really, really short, acknowledging that, you know, they, they acknowledge Andy Poiley's uh, sentencing, that the convictions are on the individual, not, not the club itself, and that they will continue to operate as normal. It's the same again, copy and paste of the statement that Fleetwood Town released um, earlier on in the week as well. So if you're looking at the future and looking at what people um, down the water for the saying, or think stories coming out again, this is all complete speculation at this time or of recording. Um, Andy's son Jamie is looking lightly to whether it be a short term fix to come in as maybe even the face of the club, maybe not. It's not short term, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, we had a short. Yeah, he felt someone better, better let him know he wanted to back up once for the next 14 years. But even Jamie does came in for for a short term, uh, plays whole of spot, or perhaps he could be sold on. Again, we've seen that uh, Fleetwood Town uh, applied to the EFL for a change of control. Um, yeah, just for Waterford itself, though, it's again, it's another bad day for them. And like I said, they've done nothing on here and the club has said that as well the convictions are on the individual rather than the club but it's just bad association isn't it like it's a lot of lives have been really badly affected massively affected ready to think the sentence is harsh on, on Andy you can't really have Andy simply like uh, for the crime that he has committed and as well you're looking at Waterford and all the positivity that was around since he came in especially this season that um, very lightly we're saying it for a couple of weeks now very very lightly got away going to win that first division by a canter but you'd imagine Waterford would be the favourites to, uh, to, to become runners up and to fight for a, a promotion place but at the end of the day the, the, the club are running off his budget and off his pocket and his uh, cash flow uh, that being Andy Poilis like they're not being run off money generated by the club itself so that's going to be an issue as well how that works out and again complete spe- speculation too you don't know down the line are people going to come looking for uh, for Andy's assets if they are that as well could be something that could leave Waterford a uh, in, in a worrying state, to be honest, because it's mm. all of a sudden, if that was a thing that could happen a couple of months down the line, 
ja, going from hoping for promotion to hoping for just survival as a club as a whole. And it's just a route that I'm sure Waterford fans and League of Ireland fans don't want to see them go down again because it, it's been, it re, you know, people laugh, you know, it's, it's a circus of a club the way it has been over five, six years. But stuff like this, it's it's never it's never an easy, I never a fun thing to even be talking about, really. So you'd hate to be put back into a worrying situation after what well, was looking like it was going to be a rosy couple of years under, under the ownership. Yeah, you just hope that when that transition is made from to, to the son who's going to overlook things, that it'll be smooth enough that he's going to be able to handle it, that, you know, there's not too much of a, a knock-on effect from this, as you said, people looking for money or whatever. I'm not sure people are owed money, so they should look for money. I'm not not, yeah. not saying that. But, I mean, I'm just you're just hoping that it's not going to be such a big knock-on effect that it's going to affect the sale uh well, it probably will. <laughs> and you look at Waterford, they haven't had much luck over the years, have they, with, no. with owners? So this is just more sort of bad luck upon them. Uh, you just hope they get through this one. And again, if not, you hope that someone else who comes in and actually finally does settle things down. It'll be interesting. They have a decent side there. And if they go up, it would be great for them. It would help them. But it's not like going into the Premier League in England. It's not like you go in and you make millions just for getting up there. So um, it is all surrounding the knock-on uh, effects from this. So uh, fingers crossed for Waterford fans there. OK, Richmond Park, like every other stadium, which is great to hear around the League of Ireland, is looking to be redeveloped uh, or looking to get new stadiums built. But there's a lot of redevelopment around. You have a little bit of news on something that's happened. Now, is this wishy-washy news or is this something a little bit concrete yeah no we didn't just pull this off um a fan forum uh by any stretch uh, i think it was on the dublin inquiry um seen the, 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 i think it was dublin inquiry now that i think of it um but no definitely not wishy-washy news uh i'm sure around uh quite a bit like i said not just on twitter and fan forums so what it is uh anyone that doesn't know quick little history this you can probably tell this way all my uh Walk went pre show walk went into and it's still what he did was for five minutes. <laughs> uh, so the home of Richard Park is one two five Emmett Road. Uh, Dublin City Council have uh, bought both one one nine and one three three Emmett Road and a negotiation um, with property and business owners uh, along along that street. The plan is to uh, bolster re uh, and redevelop uh, Richmond Park. Now. It could become a little bit controversial, as, as I said, the, the negotiation, um, trying to deal with the, the peaceful way possible. But there is a chance that this could advance into a compulsory purchase order uh, for the property owners and the, or the business owners. It's okay, I didn't know what that meant either, right? What is it? It's uh, illegal. <laughs> I didn't. I, I would be very, very honest. I did Google upon Google. So what that it pretty much is, it's a legal function that would allow uh, the uh, Dublin City Council to take the property without the owner's consent, which again could push things out by, by, by a long, uh, long stretch. Um, and that it, there will be a public present uh, presentation of plans that's due to be in the next couple of months. They are looking at September because there will be a be a local things of council meeting with the authorities in the area. So September is looking very likely. The three local councils really pushing this. That's uh, Dara Moriarty of Labour, uh, Marie De, uh, Devine of Sinn Féin, and Michael Pigeon of the Green Party. So look, obviously from a St. Pat's fan, I. Um, 
And he knew it's really on a redevelopment of Richmond is a good thing. I said it's something we've been talking about through a number of clubs of the League of Ireland. We're always buzzing just to see these things come up. Um, but it all started in, in 2018 when there's plans of a redevelopment in the St. Michael's estate, which is anyone doesn't know, it's right across the road from where Richmond Park is at the moment. That would include a new stadium, a new shopping centre facilities, library, all would have benefit the club, would have benefit the whole local area um, as a whole, really. That didn't go to plan. And now there's, there is definitely a mistrust there between Pats fans and Dublin City Council. The same way I think there is a lot of clubs in Dublin with recent the war going on between Bowes and Shells. And I know I was critical about the council getting a plan together and, and getting a, uh, something in place uh, that's cost effective and that can be done in a timely manner. So to see them now going down this route and potentially, let's be honest, making forcing Peter property owners or business owners out of where they're situated now. It could be a strange way to go about it. We just wonder why, in hindsight, you know, it's a beautiful thing, but why would you, why did the, why did the Dublin City Council deny those plans back in 2018? Mm. Where now they could be in a situation where they have a brand new stadium inside Michael State, have fantastic facilities. You wouldn't have to go Emmett Road. You wouldn't have to force people out of homes and out of business. Uh, you could approve the parking situation, which anyone that's been, not only just for matches, but down Emma Road as a whole, it's it's an absolute disgrace. It's shocking, especially on match day. Uh, and then again, you have a mean to for the locals. And you could potentially then use, I know the housing situation was big in St. Michael's, you could use where Richmond Park is now at the moment for housing. So I just, mm. I, again, love, love to see any sort of positive news from a St. Pat's point of view. Selfishly, love Richmond Park, don't get me wrong, there's a nostalgia, there's a love there for the place, but it's not what it used to be. Like many, many grounds in the league, it leads more than a lick of pain. They need serious work done to it, whether that be a redevelopment on the current ground, but I just really don't understand why Dublin City Council, again, in hindsight, hadn't did not go ahead with the plans in 2018. And now they're looking to potentially have more drastic measures by gutting out Emmett Road and, again, like I said, removing people from the homes. How this, many people are they looking to upset? That's, again, th- this is all. I think we're waiting to see, Roy, for these public uh, plans to, to be presented again, potentially in September. But... They're looking to really strip out, like I said, St. Pat's now, the, the home office is based at 125, so that would be a, a decent terrace of two-story houses and businesses. So it would be, be quite a few. Yeah, I, it doesn't sound like it's the right thing to do, does it? No, it doesn't. And again, like I was saying, I think even to you, uh, two texts a day, the past couple of days, like Richmond is a strange one, isn't it? Like, like we were talking about a lot of grounds getting redeveloped. It's definitely one of the more awkward grounds with like situ- in where it's situated. You have like, you no know, factories behind one goal, parents mm-hmm. behind the other, the Kamak River behind uh, the Kamak end, obviously, and then behind the main stand, you have a main road again, full of properties and businesses. So it, it's really bothersome. Why they're looking to go down the route now of, of potentially advancing into CPOs, um, where they could, could have just had a brand spanking new stadium and everybody would have been happy, yeah. With, with what could potentially now be an issue that, you know, like certainly, like, uh, not I can't say I'm overly uh, aware of the compulsory uh, portion orders, but you'd imagine there could be legal process that comes out of that as well that holds up the project, and we're just we could be here in five years, five, ten years, whatever it may be, and we could still be at you know ground zero with this. So 
Yeah. It's a strange one. It really, really boggles my mind. I don't know if you any views on that one, uh, but so I, it sounds, I it it sounds to me that it's unless people were willing, they were going to offer people some certain amount of money, and they were going to be happy enough to take it. Money they couldn't refuse. Well, then that's fine. But if it's going to be, you know, compulsive, and that people are going to be. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know the layout of the businesses there or the, the homes or whatever are there, but it's it just it doesn't sound right. It it, it seems wrong to me to, to to do that. And as you said, they had plans elsewhere that would have benefited the area, which would have made more sense. This is just going to benefit the football club and it's going to put a lot of people out and, and there's going to be a little bit of disharmony there. Why not build something that's going to unify the community instead of separating them? It just makes no sense to me at all whatsoever. So yeah, like, I, I'm not enjoying your good news, or so it seems. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, like, again, very, very, very selfishly sitting in a patch jersey. There is a little bit, oh, great, that's I'm good news for the club. But I just said, you don't want to be lack of better return shit in your own doorstep. You want to keep the community happy that the club is there. And I just thought the, the original plans are proposed by the club in 2018 just made a lot more sense. I just said, we don't know the negotiation. If there are people that, you know, are living in these homes and own these businesses, I'm happy to take the money. Then that's that's brilliant. That makes sense. A lot more harmonious, a lot more easier. And you don't have to go down the CPO route either. Um, there'll, always there be is, someone, Nathan, there'll always be someone who's not happy. So, yeah. Know, and as you said, that's where things might get held up a little bit and, that could be a couple of years extra where you know you could have you could have done something better somewhere else so listen we'll see what happens we'll 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 definitely be hearing a lot more about that and i'm sure if there is objections it won't take too long for them to come out um all we want is the stadiums that you know unify communities so they really need to start thinking about that because that's what it's all about okay listen uh unifying is part of wexford's plan what have we got yeah, another one that, that sort of cropped up over the past couple of days, and that's that uh, um, so the women's Premier Division side, uh, Wexford Utes, and Fourth Division side, uh, Wexford FC, will now operate under the same umbrella. This will be starting from next season, the uh, 2024 campaign onwards. And it'll mean Wexford Utes uh, amalgamating with Wexford FC and using Wexford FC's name, badge, color, screen, uh, color scheme, sorry. And most interestingly, uh, the structures. So they'd be incorporating all uh, men's, women's, school, boys, school, girls under the one uh, infrastructure, which makes sense a lot easier, a lot more streamlined. We've seen it this year as well, right, haven't we, with uh, with Galway. Yeah. We're very worried we've seen Galway, uh, women's FC, Galway the wayside, but they got amalgamated with uh, Galway United. Yeah, one of these things make a lot of sense. And I think this one as well, we just talked about well, you talked about very fair with the start of the show. I just listened in confused. Um it's on such a high uh, over the past couple of years, especially this year with the women's world cup coming up and the success that uh, Wexford youths have had domestically over the past couple of years, you know, four women's national day titles, four FEI Cups, and we'll actually talk with the women's champions league in a, in a few minutes as well. They've been to the group stage of that competition twice. So I think it is something that in a way, you think even the, the men's squad could jockey back off this a little bit. It, it wouldn't be real to say that attendance is on both sides, both the men's and the women's side of Wexford, are just not being where they need to be at the moment, not where the club wanted to be. So 
these are all things that for me just make sense to have them all under the one umbrella, under the one structure, um, and just streamlining together for the same goal. Absolutely, and I think they see the benefits of the women's game now. It's it's turning, changing. It's it's growing. It's turned into a bit of a, a beast, and it's great to, to see that. And I see so many girls teams out there that are flourishing and improving technically just in every way and it's really really good to see as I said looking forward to the World Cup but uh, this is this is great for Irish uh, footballers up and down the country because uh, the women's game is, is turning big and rightly so so brilliant and hopefully we see it with, with every team in the country that this is this is the case <laughs> we're going to finish up with, with the League of Ireland mascot race it's back yeah, the finish of the Zaza show, there's been no fan questions. Just that that's the theme of the show. It's all the moaning, uh, stadiums, uh, arrests are just just complete messes. But it's actually going. Yeah, it's the mind. In fairness, I love fan questions and all, but this is the jewel in the League of Ireland crown, isn't it? Forget your cup finals and European games. The fourth annual League of Ireland mascot race. And yeah, now we will talk about this every year. I see us <laughs> in the comments. Section. We will continue to talk about this bloody race. Um, get hyped because it's going down uh, this Saturday, July the eighth at Nays Racecourse. Uh, it'll be shown live on on a racing channel at three pm. So you know what we'll be on Saturday. Come here, we won't try to turn runners, will we? And we make Do. a little prediction. We'll even try- get a little, little uh, rev loop bet down, maybe. Right, if, uh, I'm, try- I'm trying to I'm trying to Google it here just to see if I can get any information. Go ahead, anyhow. Yeah, so ten runners, but up up this web, I've have a big one, a big field this year compared to the last couple of years. Um, so we have Billberry Go representing uh, Waterford. Uh, actually, that'd be a great would have really rag the richest star for Waterford. You need a win at this week, so I'm no, I'm looking for the goal already. Up <laughs> uh, the dog, which was uh, representing Finn Harps, was the 2022 runner-up, and the uh, the year I think was the 2019 winner. So there you go, there's a bit of a form going for Harp the dog, probably the favour. Uh, Mr. Pinky representing Wexford FC, <laughs> Fred the Fox representing Sporting Fingal, Chester the Cat representing Kilkenny. There's your old stomping ground, you'd be you'd be in for Chester, I'd say. Uh, Terry the Tiger representing Garby United. You have uh, Stevie Coppel representing uh, Kildare. Do you not play for Manchester United? Who? Steve Coppel. Yes. It's a fucking weird lady. Well, Coppel is Coppel's horse, so that's a bit of a truth, uh, isn't it? yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so it's not X X Manchester. Just a bleed weird point. Moving on. Actually, no, I'm a fool for Stevie now. Yeah, that'd be strange. Just like a 75 year old man against a lot of people. Bleeding <laughs> weird. Anyway, Bentley the Bull making his uh, his debut in the race, making his return, uh, representing Sligo Rovers. Rocky the Seagull, a regular in this race, um, representing Bray Wanderers, and to finish out, Frankie the Horse, old school now. With uh, the representation of St. Francis. This race is actually mostly being sponsored by the PFAI and it's in aid of Samaritan's Island. So look all laughing aside, great cause for the race. Go on, sticker, sticker a few quid with them out there, is right? Put the put the company card out on the table and I can probably stick something down. Well, I'll get the docket out in a minute. I don't know. you'd love Steve Coppel to go on and win it now, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? That'd be a weird one, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's... Joe Jordan and Joe Jordan the trainer, just giving them dogs abuse. Beautiful. Be who won it last year? Um, he's actually not in it, Jim. So it was. <laughs> this, I'm not even joking. I'll show him. No, this isn't even written down. And they have this in the Harper memory. the dog, is it? No, it was Frank the Tank. So this is all based around. Frank he had a good doc- 
it was like a, it was like a dinosaur. But people might remember during lockdown and stuff. Uh, Frank the Tank had like a multi-series documentary on himself on a uh, Paddy Power, right. talking about mass like you know, our woke mascot. And he brought him into this race uh, last year, and he and he romped it, romped the home, and it's obviously just not been asked back because he right. was done all would be pissed off or something, but he just hasn't been asked back for this year. So I'm gonna get a new, a brand new winner for this year coming. Go on, who's uh, who's going to be the winner, Sam? I go on. I go with Bill Berry. Go. I think Waterford need to pick me up, and I think that really changed the season around. I think if Bill Berry can get the win, that'll push the lads on to where uh, the the leapfrog Galway somehow. And get into York next year. So go on. Okay. I go for Bill Bear. We go. Okay. We but like the seagull, the seagull's always in it, just bleeding. Well, he's a farmer you know? winner, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. But for your play, he shows up, you know. He yeah, comes yeah. every year to play and, you know, likes like a bit about him. So no, I'm not going to change. I go, I go with uh, Bill Bear. We go. Right. Okay. We keep an eye out on Saturday for that one. Uh, exciting times, League of Ireland football and racing. Right. We will we talk will to you. We'll have next week's show as well. So we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. be talking about next week. <laughs> we, we'll try to be prepared for next week's show and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. And again, if you're interested in uh, writing for the bigkickoff.com, right? Do contact us. You know where to contact us now at this stage. And if you don't, go to our Facebook page, etc., etc., etc. Talk to you next week.